Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime! Boom shakalaka! This league uncut is underway and on fire! This should be a good one. Friends, welcome in. Hearty greetings from this league uncut. Half of the squad is in Vegas already. Chris Haynes made it there today. I will be arriving in a couple days, I have to, I got some Saturday radio obligations in Dallas first before I make my way to the desert. But look, the summer league action already underway this week with a slew of games in Sacramento and also Salt Lake City. That was just the appetizer. All 30 teams in Vegas for the annual summer league extravaganza that just gets Larger and larger and larger every year. Most of free agency is done at this point. Yes, there are a few stray names out there still on the unrestricted side. You've got a Kelly Oubre, a Christian Wood on the restricted free agent side. We still have PJ Washington situation to figure out. So there, there are still some some names on the board, and I'm, that's certainly not a comprehensive list. I'm sure we could talk more about that if we wanted to go in that direction but let's face it the whole league right now the focus even beyond James Harden's future in Philadelphia it's all about Damian Lillard and what the trailblazers are going to do this thing is moving slower I'm sure than Damian Lillard would like it to but you know this is a complex trade that's probably not going to happen in an instant I think everybody knows at this point that Miami is where Dame wants to end up. The Blazers are naturally dropping hints and whispers that, no, they're going to look around and do what's best for the franchise and not just gift wrap him to Miami. You know, my instinct, just as a longtime watcher of these things, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Dame doesn't end up with what he wants in the end, but... Let's see. Lots of twists and turns. Chris and I recording this on Thursday night and just within the last half hour before we finally connected to do this, Damian Lillard tweeted, I'm amazed, which I think I can assume that's his reaction to all the chatter today, all the back and forth, a lot of... uh, There's a lot of angst everywhere, honestly, all over the league. Not surprising. But I turn it now to Chris Haynes. Again, fresh on the ground in Vegas, our resident daemologist, the world's leading daemologist. Where where are we, man? Where are we with Dame and his desire to be sent to Miami and the Blazers' desire to drag this thing out and try to broaden the field of trade options? What do you see? Well, to answer your question about where are we, we're nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> that's just where that's what that's where it is right now. We're nowhere. And honestly, this is what I really expected to happen. I I know 
I know Dame would probably like to have this thing done wrapped up pretty quickly, but I've always felt if he was going to go down this road that it might be an extended period. The Miami Heat right now, you know, they 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 want to get to the table with the Blazers ASAP. I know the Miami Heat and the Blazers have had discussions, but it hasn't been anything to my knowledge, it hasn't been anything substantial or um or should I say the talks haven't gotten to a serious point as far as the Blazers have are concerned. And so for this for, for Damian Lillard, his agent Aaron Good Goodwin, I know they they want to speed this thing up. But spoke with Aaron Goodwin today, and you know, he's hopeful he's gonna be in Vegas in a few days, but he's hopeful that the Blazers and the Miami and the Miami Heat can get together and sit down in a room and talk talk this thing, talk this thing through. And, you know, it, it was apparent even from day one that a deal between strictly the Blazers and the Miami Heat, that was not going to get it done. It's, it's going to require a third and most likely probably even a fourth team to get this all squared away where everybody feels like they got equal value or somewhat equal value in return. So that's the way things are right now. You talk about Dame in that tweet, Mark Stein. I haven't spoken to Dame today. I can say that the last time I spoke with Dane was maybe yesterday. So I haven't spoken to him today. So I can't, I can't, I, I don't, I can't say that I know for sure what he's referring to when he says he's amazed. And then somebody asked him why. And I think his response was, let me make sure I got here. It. I have it right here. I'm Go amazed ahead. was the first tweet. And then he got a question from Twitter, from 750 The Game, which I believe is, is that a Portland radio station yes. or is that? That's that's Portland, yes. Why? And Dame's answer was, his quote tweet was, at how people could know so much and so little at the same time. And obviously there is tons of chatter out there today. And, you know, people are naturally, Aaron Goodwin, his agent, is doing exactly what any agent would do. This is, I mean, this is, it's, He's not doing anything he different. Would, he would, yeah, Stein. He wouldn't be doing his job if he wasn't calling teams and telling, and telling them, them Dame would not like would not like to be there. That's and pretty also, much common sense. I think teams know, you know, Dame is such a pro that there is that feeling out there that teams would be like, he's not going to come here and cause trouble because I mean, Dame is a hooper, but still, that doesn't. I think I, I think the majority of teams, the overwhelming majority of teams, I think they believe that that had if they traded for Dame, that he wouldn't go there and be a guy who stages a holdout or something. But that doesn't mean that teams out there are going to be sufficiently emboldened to actually trade for him. You know, someone like Danny Ainge in Utah, I put nothing past Danny Ainge. Would Danny Ainge do it? Not, I mean, you know, he just traded Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland when we, we all thought Donovan Mitchell was going to New York. But even Danny Ainge has limits, and I think the Jazz have to say to themselves, it's not a matter of Danny Ainge or Jazz management being afraid of trading for Dame. The real question is, does Damian Lillard fit timeline-wise with such a young team? Is that who a team like Utah would want to go all in on with the various chips They've amassed, but like I said, I you know I am not reporting this from as close a vantage point as you, but it is just hard for me to believe. I just think Dame, his stature in Portland, what he's delivered to the Blazers, uh, I just kind of feel like the the Lillard Goodwin combination is gonna is gonna find a way in the end. Might take some time, but I think they're gonna get to the finish line of where they want. And again, I think we talked about this. In our last episode, Stein, about uh, somebody like Danny Ainge taking that chance and trading for him. Like, nobody would knock Danny Ainge for doing that. Nobody would knock Masai uh, in Toronto for uh, making that trade for Kawhi. For Dame's situation, it's a little bit different. He's played 11 years there. He's represented that town, that city, that organization, like no other star player has done before. Can't, can't even compare. And he's given them every opportunity to try to build a title. He wanted to do it there. 
So for him, it's a little bit it's a little bit different of a scenario for him compared to other players. So the the onus, the, so people will look at the Blazers for actually trading him to a place that he didn't want to go. Nobody would knock the other team. You have to look about like how are they treating their star player, their franchise player, the, the arguably the greatest player in franchise history. After eleven years, he finally decides. You know, he wants to leave and he wants to go to Miami. And how would it look for the, like, teams, players, excuse me, players are watching to see how this goes down, to see if this is how you're going to treat a star player. You trade him to a team that he doesn't want to go to. And, look, I see, I see Blazer fans and, and I, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to assume what Dame is, is talking about. But, you know, I've seen Blazer fans say, hey, we got to trade him to wherever he wants to go because Dame signed an extension. Dame signed a contract. You know, you see national reporters uh, talking about how he signed an extension and and that's that's on him. He shouldn't request a trade. But look at it. Check this out, Stein. I recall other players signing long-term extensions, requesting a trade, the very following summer, I don't, even, I don't even have to name names. You can look it up. And nobody said a word. The, the star player was just traded. Just traded. A year before signing an extension. Traded the very next day. And nobody said a word. Period. So why all of a sudden is, is this any different? And, and a difference that I would say in this situation is Dame signed that extension with the promise that the team was going to assemble a roster that can compete for a championship. He didn't sign an extension just to sign an extension, say, I want to be here five years. He was told they're going to do everything they can in that time frame to give him the team that he needs. It didn't happen. It did not happen. So, you know, for those talking about, you know, he signed an extension, now we can, you know, we, we can trade him wherever he wants to go. He has no right. He has – man, come on. Come on. Let's stop that. Let's stop that. The guy gave 11 well, hard I, years. I mean, I, I guess this is – you know, I do differ with you on some of this. I, you know, I do understand the criticism. You know, you mentioned it, and it's been very loud. There, There is that drumbeat that says if Dame wanted to pick his team – don't do a long-term extension. But I think the rub here is, and what we need to maybe dig into more, what kind of conversations were had at the time this extension was signed? Was there any sort of promise that, hey, if we cannot get this thing moving in the direction that we hope it goes, would we then work to get you where you want to go because of everything you've done for the franchise and the community. And, uh, you know, there's no question. I think, I think Dame's commitment to the Blazers doesn't really need a lot of, a, a lot of elaboration, uh, how popular he is there, a, an absolutely beloved player. Um, but look, that, that conversation is out there and there, there, there are going to be, there are going to be observers and, and fans who say, the Blazers should just do whatever the heck they want. They gave him, they committed all this money and they should do what they, what they think is best. But again, to me, this, it's and that's a lot fine, of, Stein, it's Stein, a, that, Stein, and that is fine. That rhetoric, that narrative is fine, but just know this is not some scrub player. This is not an average player. This is your franchise player, arguably the greatest player in franchise history who people even fans were clamoring to request a trade four years ago, probably even further back than that. He gave it his all. And so now it's to a point where he's asking to be moved now and he has a specific team. So players are watching. That's all you got. That's all I'm saying. Players are watching to see how this thing is handled. I understand it's a business, but this is different. This is different. And, this is and that's why I do think, again, I do think in the end, this is the way it's going to end up. That that he is somehow 
going to land with the team he wants to play for because of all that, because of the history and everything he's given to them. But the reality is the noise is off the charts right now. And, and look, because this thing is moving slower than everybody wants it to, you know, the trade is requested. And then it's like everybody fans, us in the media, NBA, you know, every aspect of the NBA machine, everybody, well, why hasn't the trade happened yet? It's been five, six days. Well, it's, you know, I think we do have to bear in mind that sometimes these things do take a long time to come together. And it's interesting that you brought up the, the Toronto situation because at the time I remember people looked at the Raptors like they were crazy. You're trading for Kawhi Leonard when he probably doesn't want to be in Toronto and he's heading to free agency. But because Kawhi Leonard was entering the last year of his deal, it kept the price down. So what the Raptors had to risk to do that was a lot. I mean, it was still substantial in their eyes to, to lose DeRozan, who, you know, is a Raptors legend and Jakob Pertl, who his value has only grown as a center in this league. You know, the Raptors were touting him as a top 10 center in this league when they just uh, gave him, you know, when they traded for him in February. And of course they just now re-signed him to a new deal that averages 20, the annual salaries in the 20 million range. But that's all Toronto had to give up, really. I think there was also a pick in there. But, you know, the, the, the price for Kawhi with only one year left on his contract, that drove the price down. Whereas this is Dame with years left on his contract. The Blazers are going to be looking for an absolute haul in return when they finally do agree to a trade for Damian Lillard. This is not going to be a Wizards-Bradley Beal situation where because Bradley Beal had a no-trade clause, the Wizards just basically had to accept whatever deal they could get and uh, you know, didn't even get a first-round pick for Bradley Beal. The Blazers probably ain't getting Gobert prices. I don't think they're going to get five first, but you know, they're going to be going for it. They're going to be going for the most substantial return that they can come up with. So that's why and they it, should. It, Stein. Yeah. And they should. They should. They should. Um, I think at the end of the day, hopefully both sides get what they want. And, you know, that's what they should. I don't really have – I'm trying to think. What, I'm trying to think. Do I really have a problem what's going on as far as the, the noise is circulating within the media? Not the fan, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care because a lot of it is posturing and all that stuff. At the end of the day, if they're able to get something done where Miami gets Dame and Portland gets from, from wherever it's coming from, whether it's – a few from Miami, uh, some from Brooklyn, and another team, possibly Detroit, if they feel like they get adequate, you know, semi-adequate value going that route, then go ahead. That's fine. But they have every right to try to get as much as they can out of this. And that's I have no problem with that. Um, I just think that, again, those teams, they want to take that chance, go ahead. But nobody is going to knock. Players aren't going to look at they're not going to look at Danny Ainge wrong or any other team wrong or in a bad light because they traded for Dame. They're going to look at Portland. Portland. The spotlight is on them. Is this the way you're going to treat your franchise player who's done everything in his power for 11 years? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. And Stein, another thing real quick. Dame is in a, as you see, Dame is not somebody that, that stays quiet. He'll stay quiet for a little bit, but he's always going to weigh in say something, whether it was tweeting or going live. So he's in a unique situation. Now, I did some research. I did some digging. So with the Portland Trailblazers releasing that statement last week, basically saying, we're basically confirming, I should say, that Damian Lillard did request a trade. And we talked about this before. I've never I've never recalled a team doing that, saying a player requested a trade. And that's never been done before. And I talked to the league. It's never been done before. It's unprecedented. Talked to the Player Association. They've never seen it. Never, never. It's never happened before. If a player had publicly mentioned, a, you know, mentioned that they wanted to be traded before, $100,000 fine. So what I found out is that a team can publicly announce that a player has requested a trade. Why? Because it's never been negotiated into the CBA that they cannot. It's only been that way for players. And until now, it's been a $100,000 fine for a player if he requested a trade publicly. Meanwhile, a team can. And the reason why a a team can, because it was never negotiated in the CBA, and it's never happened before. So this is unique. But I say all this to say, one one more point I want to add. In the new CBA now, a player that publicly requests a trade, it has gone up to a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. It was a hundred thousand dollar fine before. Now it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. But with the Blazers putting out that statement, announcing that Dame requested a trade behind the scenes, Dame is allowed to talk about it now. Dame is allowed to to say what he wants on the trade. I don't know if that would help. The trade situation. It's by probably going to help I us. Think it's still, yeah, it'll help it's us because he will talk about it. Yeah, just like so, tonight. But you know, it, he he lobs in a couple tweets and everybody loses their mind again. Yeah, so he he will be able to talk about it if he wanted to, and without being penalized. That will be a first. A first that a player will be able to talk about a trade request during, like, right in the middle of it. Without being penalized, the Blazers gave gave him the green light. They gave him a, a go free card to do it. I don't think he should. I don't know that he will. But as you see, like if this thing keep continues to go on, and then stuff just get keep getting leaked into the media, um, especially when it's shining a a false light on Dame, he he's the type of guy that might jump out there and say something. And he'll and he'll it will there will be no punishment. I just wanted to say that. Well, it's look, it's clearly a massive moment for the Blazers because they, you know, you you don't see a Dame Lillard every day anywhere. He's obviously, you know, free agency is not really an option for them to replace him. Where they are fortunate is that they've drafted well here in recent times. So they do have Scoot Henderson as the heir apparent. They've got Shaden Sharp. They've got Anthony Simons, whether they want to keep him or move him for more roster balance. So they already have some very good young players, no matter what happens with Dame. But, you know, I can see from Portland's perspective that they would want to take their time and try to drag this thing out to ensure that they get the largest possible return because, and this is, you know, this is the story in the NBA, you know, we're summer league, you know, we're, we're doing this Thursday night. This will probably be out, you know, early Friday morning, but Friday night is the debut of Victor Wembanyama. Summer league is going to take up the next 10 days or so. We got some things in the works that we can't announce just yet, but we're hoping to have some, some 
fun of our own on the strip in Vegas here in coming days. But let's be honest, more than James Harden's future, more than any NBA story you want to name. Yes, even more than this Victor Wembanyama, Britney Spears headline today that you couldn't have dreamed up a day ago if you tried. <laughs> Nothing is more substantial in terms of NBA storylines right now than Damian Lillard and his future. And something tells me we're going to be talking about it for the next several pods. I mean, unless, I don't know, you, you, know, you said it, Aaron Goodwin kind of gave you the vibe that he's hopeful that Miami and Portland has some face-to-face discussion when everybody's in Vegas. I mean, do we think that could spark something and spe- and make this go any faster? I don't know, but it's always good when you, you get in front of people. That's why I like coming to Vegas because for summer league because everybody's here, and um, you know it's just something about doing business or not even business, just congregating in person. It just does something. It, it, it further accelerates things, whether it's for accelerating the relationship or accelerating the business deal. So that that possibly could happen. I I don't know. But Stein, remember, KD requested a trade. What was it last summer? We went the whole summer. Nothing happened. And then later in the summer, or heading to the fall, he said he's going to go into He's going to go into camp. Yeah, no, it took less. It took he, he reversed himself. It was a matter of weeks that he reversed himself. And the reason I will never forget it is because I was actually in England with my youngest. We were on the dream father-son trip. My youngest, his first visit to England. We got to watch our beloved Manchester City on the opening day of the season. We got to see Erling Holland score his first two of 50-plus goals in the beautiful blue of city we saw it live he was psyched then the day after a game in london we took the train to manchester because he wanted to see manchester with his own eyes he was doing all kinds of photography we're at dinner on a monday a sleepy monday in august thinking okay i mean we can i can have a couple days on the couple days of summer travel with my son and that monday Durant and Joe Sy were in London. So they were even in the same country I was. And all of a sudden, Durant rescinded his trade demand out of the blue. And, you know, we're sitting at dinner and the, the you know, it starts coming in that, that Durant had changed his position. And look, it's, you know, he wanted to go, I think he wanted to go to Phoenix then in the summer when he first made the trade demand last June or July, or basically right as free agency was starting. And it, it took, Another six, seven months for that to happen. It wasn't until February that it finally happened. So these things sometimes do take time to coalesce. I don't think it's going to take that long. Like, I I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that this doesn't get resolved before the season starts because we're so early in the summer. But that really is more just guesstimations for me. I mean, we, we really don't have any... We don't have any timetable indications yet on how long this is actually going to take. Let's pivot from there to a couple other big news items from this Thursday, a story you've been reporting on quite a bit. The Blazers' Matisse Teibel did sign a three-year, $33 million offer sheet with the Dallas Mavericks that the Blazers let it be known rather swiftly that they were matching. And... Huge disappointment for the fans where I live here in Dallas. They came to terms on a trade to acquire Grant Williams from Boston on Wednesday, sign and trade, and they were just giddy, frankly, at the prospect of adding both Grant Williams and Matisse Teibel to the wing rotation, two guys who both know how to defend an area that Dallas sorely needs to improve on, but the Blazers, again, just let it be known quickly that they're matching on that offer. And you know what? It's not a huge surprise. There was a, there was a fair bit of noise in recent days uh, in advance of the Mavericks trying to make these moves. The noise was, you know, Boston was trying to send signals that will match on Grant Williams, even though the tax bill would have been close to 40 million. So I don't know that anybody 
in Mavs land was really buying that. But Matisse Teibel, that's such a tradable contract at that number, and it's just too matchable. I mean, the the restricted free agent game, to really win, you typically have to overpay. And the Mavs only had the mid-level exception available, which only goes up to $12.4 million, even if you have the full MLE. And the Mavs didn't quite have access to the full MLE because the sign and trade for Grant Williams hard capped them. So, I mean, even though it, they made the strongest possible offer, but not nearly strong enough to dissuade Portland from matching the Blazers just simply did not, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much Tybal is really in their future plans, but they clearly just didn't want to let an asset go for nothing. And Matisse is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And at that number, 11 million a year, that number, that's a, that's a solid number for, for a guy like that. It's a three-year deal, player option after year two. But, you know, that's to your, to your point, that's all Dallas could offer. Uh, that was the max they could offer Matisse. And so the money wasn't really that big, that significant to where it caused Portland to pause. But what I will say is that Dallas Mavericks, and I reported this, the Dallas Mavericks, you know, implemented a poison pill and they were hoping that would, you know, kind of prevent the Blazers from, from matching. And so some of the things that were in the contract, obviously the player option, then I was told also in the contract was a 15% trade kicker. Lastly, each year of the tenure of the deal, each year, the Blazers have to pay Matisse 50% of his annual salary by October 1st. So you're talking about half of $11 million by October 1st. So they did what they could to try to put some things into the contract that would get the Blazers off of them. But at the end of the day, the Blazers felt like this was still something they need to do for asset. Maybe maybe they see them in this future. I don't see them in the future. I don't know. But what I can say, right. what and I can may, say, and look, may, and maybe, and maybe I'm maybe I'm glossing over the tradeability of it because look, it, it should be. We have to remind you in year one, uh, you know, Tybal will have veto power over any trade in the first season and can't be traded to Dallas at all in that first season. So when you're a restricted free agent, you do at least come away with that. January 15th would be the soonest that he could be traded anywhere. And again, the Blazers would have to get his consent. And so these little wrinkles do make him slightly tougher to trade. But again, the salary number 11 mil, that is very tradable. And, you know, the interesting thing here is from everything I've heard, and you, you probably know better, you're closer to this than me. The vibe I've gotten is that Tybal really did want to end up with Dallas. This is something Tybal's been wanting even before this summer. Dallas has been talked about as a potential destination. The Mavericks have explored in the past pathways to try to trade for Tybal uh, when he was still in Philly. In fact, I remember whispers about that because, you know, the Mavs sorely need a top flight wing defender. And, you know, they had confidence in Dallas that had they been able to get Tybal, yes, he has offensive shortcomings. Yes, there are questions about his shooting ability, but when you've got Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving at the core of your offense, you know, you can live with that. They need top flight defenders. And I think had this gone through, both Tybal and Grant Williams would have been starters for the Mavericks. But it was not to be. The Blazers have kept him and we'll we'll now see where it goes from here. Style, let me add this to your point. Yes, Matisse desperately wanted to be a member of the Dallas Mavericks. And Stein, I anticipated this situation getting ugly. I anticipated getting getting ugly. I thought there might be they they might try to get some type of sign and trade going because he he did really want to be a member of the Dallas Mavericks. And another thing that people don't know about the Blazers gave Matisse an initial offer that was well below what Dallas gave him in the offer sheet. That prompted them to go to Dallas and to get that offer sheet. So 
at the end of the day, it was sort of a, a win. I guess a win. I, I, I don't know if it's a win-win, but Matisse got paid. He got paid more than what Portland was going to initially offer. And so it worked out in that regard. But he, def- he definitely wanted to be a member of the Mavericks. I guess another way you could look at this is that this is an example of the Blazers showing us that they're going to do what they think is best if you want to extrapolate that far. Obviously, they knew that Tybal would have preferred to go to Dallas. And there is a question of if Portland is about to enter a rebuild, what need do they really have for Tybal? But you know, they matched it. We don't know the full plan they have for him or how how much a part of their future he really is. But you know, the Blazers, uh, the Blazers did not blink. This was a pretty quick matching effort. Also, Stein, I think we have to point out. For those who don't know, Matisse's agent is also Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lillard's agent. So uh, I don't know if what they did with Matisse is an indicator of what they would do in Dame's situation, but, hey, people may look at that and say, okay, Blazers will not be – they will not be – they will not be challenged, I, I should say. You know, they're going to do what they feel is best for them and the organization. So, interesting to see how this thing is going to all play out as it pertains to Dame. And let's wrap this one up with, because I don't think, I know you are in Vegas, but am I correct to say that you haven't yet tracked down Wemby or Britney Spears for their latest uh well, Wemby did address this with the media today, so Wemby's already Wem- Wemby's yeah. already talked about it Wem- at length. So you're saying I should try to track down Brittany and get her side of the story? Well, she's talked a lot too, so I guess we got both their sides. I'm, I'm just ha- I'm just trying to have some fun with you and uh, just giving you a hard time that maybe you should have just landed, blown this pod off, and just gotten right onto the Wembenyama Spears beat. And I don't mean Mark Spears. Well, well, let me tell you this. I did think about once I landed and blowing this pot off, I did think about that, but it wasn't for, to go check out Britney Spears and Wimbyama. It was going to be some other things. I am in Vegas, after all. You know, there's there's a lot of nice attractions out here. I would say Vegas is probably uh, top seven, eight cities I like to visit just for a few days. You get, you get real real bored and tired after two or three days, but yeah, that's not I, that not, high. Shouldn't it be higher than that? I mean, I know it's not Miami, but no, I just get real like Miami. I can stay in Miami for a week. I can't stay in Vegas for a week. I can only do two days, two two three days. I still oh, I, I get a little, I, uh, I get no, grumpy. No. You, I mean, you like look, Vegas, Vegas like that? in July? I don't know that I love. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, July. I'm not loving it, but look. It's so bad in Dallas weather-wise that actually going to Vegas is easier because even though the temps are higher, the humidity is so much lower. I think that there was a story recently, like a week or so ago, that Dallas weather at this point was like hotter than 99% of the rest of the world. So it's actually going to get easier for me when I relocate to the desert. But no, I mean, I am... You know, when I was in college, Vegas was in our conference. So going to Vegas has had a mystical appeal for me, seeing games at the Thomas and Mac. I mean, this goes back to the 80s for me. And in the early 90s, man, Vegas, their team was like was like a pro team. I mean, when they had when they had Greg Anthony, Stacey Ogman, Anderson Hunt. Larry Johnson, George Ackles. I mean, that yeah. that team coming to Titan Gym was like an uh, NBA team coming to Titan Gym. So Vegas yeah. has always been a huge part of my basketball life. And as hot as it is in July, I could do a week there. Easy. Restaurants alone. Yeah. Love. I, I don't know. There's just, I, I love the place. I'm ready. Well, we'll hurry up and get here, Stop. I'm working on it. All right, let's let's close with your other big story today. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. DeJounte Murray gets a contract extension with Atlanta. There had been a lot of curiosity about that. Would the Hawks actually extend DeJounte Murray? Would they be able to? They obviously paid a pretty hefty trade price to get him from San Antonio last summer, but that deal kind of sneaked up on people tonight. There was some thought that it maybe wouldn't happen this offseason, so break that one down for us if you could. Yeah, so he um, an extension, four years, 120, player option on the final year, but that's $30 million a year, if, if my math is correct. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if this was going to happen. I, I, I could, I could not have, I could not have thought this would be on my radar. If you would have asked me a few months ago, um, the, the fit with him and Trey, it had some pretty good success and um, they struggled in some areas. You, I, you can definitely say it was an adapting type of a season for DeJounte and Trey. Both of them are used to having the ball in their hands, being the primary ball handlers. And so they had to share that responsibility. And it worked to a certain point, but, you know, there, there was some struggles in it. But one thing about DeJounte, man, I remember, I would like to say I've discovered DeJounte. I got to bring DeJounte on this pod, Stein. DeJounte is awesome, man. He, he came on my, my the pod I used to do back in the day, Stein. Um, he's, he's a really great He's a really great kid, man, and I, I love his story. But is DeJounte staying now? I think that's what everybody wants to know. We've been hearing how the Atlanta Hawks have been really trying to get in on the Pascal Siakam sweepstakes. And we kind of touched on that in previous pods before. Pascal would like to stay in Toronto. I believe he has a one year left on his deal. So that, that that's going into that that territory or the, the similar situation of uh, what Kawhi Leonard went through. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but the DeJounte, man, that's a really good deal for him. I, I just don't know if if his future is still there. That is the unknown. Is there anything that you've heard, Stein, about that? Yeah. So I mean, look, the first the first question was, could DeJounte get enough money in an extension that would make him want to sign now because there was a school of thought that said, you know what, don't be surprised if he opts to wait until unrestricted free agency next summer when he can make more. But in this new CBA, the extension rules were changed to try to give incumbent teams more of a chance to retain their guys. And look, we just, we keep seeing this more and more and more. I recently did a TV essay about this for Bally Sports Southwest about how, you know, so, and part of that essay was we're seeing so many more extensions. It's just extensions, extensions, extensions. So, so the number of top stars who make it to free agency anymore, it just get, that group seems to get smaller and smaller. And that's why the trade market has kind of replaced, or one of the main reasons why the trade market has replaced free agency as the big, you know, the easiest way to really change your team and change it dramatically. Um, It's amazing when you, you know, this summer in free agency, the only current all-star hat tip 
to my good friend Ben Golliver of the Washington Post. He's the one who first came up with this stat, and I have gratefully borrowed it from him about 17 times since. The only all-star, the only current all-star on this summer's free agent market was Kyrie Irving. It's the only one, the only guy who played in the all-star game in Salt Lake City who was available in free agency. Fred Van Vliet was was an all-star last season, but not this season. So it just, again, it just shows you that just fewer and fewer and fewer of the top guys are even making it to free agency. And DeJounte was one of those guys who I, I think during the season at various points, the thought was that he would make it to free agency. But with the rules changing on extensions and the Hawks being able to give him a larger raise than they could have under the previous system. And I believe the cap experts out there will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they were also able to give him an extra year in an extension because of changes to the CBA. So that enabled Atlanta to get this deal done. Now as for Siakam, and I'm glad you said it because I need to clarify this, you know, I think you you said it right. Pascal Siakam, that's it's on his side. The resistance to a trade to Atlanta has really been on his side. Precisely where the Raptors fall in terms of trading Pascal Siakam has been a lot harder to pinpoint, as it often is with the Raptors. At the trade deadline, there was so much curiosity. What would the Raptors do? Would Fred Van Vliet be made available for trade? Would Siakam be, be would Siakam? be made available for trade? What about OG Ananobi? What about Gary Trent Jr.? There were trade discussions surrounding all those guys, and in the end, Toronto didn't trade any of them. They ended up making a trade to bring in Jakob Pertl. Now, fast forward a few months later, Fred Van Vliet opts to go to Houston, and the questions start anew. What are the Raptors going to do? Is Pascal Siakam actually being made available by the Toronto Raptors? That's been harder to gauge. The most consistent rumbles there have been that the Hawks had been very interested in a trade for Siakam and that Siakam has been resistant to it. The message has been sent, whispered, maybe even louder than whispered, that Siakam really wouldn't be interested in a contract extension if the Hawks were to move him. And, you know, we'll see now does, you know, what, you know, we have to gauge, we have to nail down what impact signing Murray has on that pursuit from the Hawks on Siakam. Hopefully, with Chris and I both in Vegas getting in front of people, we will be able to get more answers to the burning questions because there are still many, of course, as we said. It all starts with Damian Lillard, but we also do have James Harden's future. He's made it known in Philadelphia that he would like to be moved. The Sixers, it appears, are trying to slow play this, much like they did when Ben Simmons requested a trade. It looks like the Sixers would love to take their time and maybe even lobby Damian Lillard to, come on, man, just play out this last year, and then we'll see where it goes. You can definitely, not hard to picture Daryl Morey, taking that kind of stance. Lots of question about those Raptors. Is Siakam available? Will they look to make other trades or are they going to try to stay competitive after signing Dennis Schroeder on a two-year deal to step in to the Fred Van Vliet void? What happens with the Raptors? How much more action do we see from the Hawks who seem to be involved in a lot of stuff? What teams out there will have the guts to to make a run at Dame, not named Miami? Does a Utah, does a New Orleans try to use their considerable trade assets to get in the mix there? So many, many questions to pose. Chris and I will be in search of the answers. And again, not trying to be cryptic. We're only not saying too much because we don't want to jinx anything. We, we, We are pursuing some really, really fun projects and get-togethers in Vegas, shall we say. We hope to have those details nailed down very, very soon. And something tells me that you will get at least one and possibly more podcasts from the Hainstein tag team that you will find lively and enjoyable emanating from the famed Vegas Strip.
All right, that does it for this edition of This League Uncut. Please, friends, please, if you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Because again, if the proverbial chips, if the proverbial chips fall our way, this could be a pretty momentous week coming up in the history of this fledgling podcast as we near, we're almost six months old, as producer Ryan Music reminded me recently. We're nearing our six-month anniversary, and we will try to mark that occasion with as much good stuff as we can. Another good one in the books. Stay tuned for more from us very soon. That does it. We will be back with you soon, everybody. Be good. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.